Welcome to the podcast of Maranatha Ministries. I'm Rick Frank, Senior Pastor of Maranatha, and I pray you'll be blessed by today's message. You can access all of our church information by going to our website at www.mmchurch.com or on all social media by searching at mmchurch. And now be blessed by listening to today's message. God is good. I am reading from Luke chapter number 8. And I am beginning with verse number 22. These are scriptures that I read last week. I want to talk about it one more time. Now it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. But as he sailed, as they sailed, he fell asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake and they were filling with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. Sometimes we feel like we're losing this battle. We are perishing. Then he arose and he rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. But he said to them, Where is your faith? Where is your faith? And they were afraid and marveled, saying one to another, Who can this be? For he commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. And from that verse of Scripture, or those verses of Scripture, I want to preach part two of what I preached last week. Last week I titled this message, Where is Your Faith? This is going to be part two. I have subtitled it, Where is What Faith? Where is your faith? Where is what faith? We're going to talk about that today for a few moments, shall we? Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your blessings and your goodness. We're asking that you will touch this time of studying your word together, and we pray that you will move and minister in this place. Let your divine and perfect will be done in every life and every heart. I pray in Jesus' wonderful name, and everyone said amen. God bless you. One more hand clap for Jesus, and you may be seated. Praise God. Praise the living God. Amen. You may be seated. Let me just quickly, before I begin preaching, throw this out to you. Uh, September the 19th. Sunday, September 19th is the National Back to Church Sunday. It is your opportunity to invite everyone and anyone to come on back to church. It's time we got back to church, huh? We just celebrated 20 years of of 9-11, and 9-11 was a time when this country was unified. We've gone a long, we've, we've, we've traveled a long way from there, haven't we? Traveled a long way from, from being unified, but we can be unified if we can all get everybody back to church. Amen? The things of this world won't unify us, but the one thing that will unify us is our love for Jesus Christ. That can unify us. Amen? And I'll just throw this out. I hope, and I'm sorry your name has escaped me. My my brain is old. But there's a woman here today who happened to be at the party. She was not there for the party. Dea? Dea. God bless you, Dea. Dea happened to be at the park yesterday where they were having a party. And our people at that party were so kind to her and friendly that she's in church this morning. That's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. And that's what we need to do. We just need to love one another. 
How many times have you heard me say it? This world is so filled with politics right now, it'll make you want to vomit. We just need to, instead of being affected by politics, we need to affect the world with Jesus. And with the love of Jesus. Amen? All right, so back to Church Sunday. It's your opportunity to invite everybody and anybody. Hey, did you know September 19th is back to Church Sunday? Why don't you come to church with me? How many of you going to invite somebody? Some of us are going to. Let's do it one more time. How many of you going to invite somebody for back to church Sunday? It's getting better. We're getting there. <laughs> Aren't you glad somebody invited you? Well, I wasn't invited. I was raising this. Aren't you glad you had parents made you come? Let's preach today, shall we? Praise God. All right. So here I'm going to recap real quick. They were in this boat because they were obeying the Lord's command who told them to get in the boat and go to the other side. He got in the boat with him and no sooner did he get in the boat with them did he lay down and go to sleep. Sometimes we feel like Jesus is asleep on the job, don't we? So he's sleeping. And sometimes we find that when we try to be obedient to the Lord and obey his voice and get in the boat and go to the other side, all hell breaks loose. And that's what was going on. All hell had broken loose. They were facing a storm like they had never faced before. I did uh, expound upon that a little bit on my past Wednesday night session. Uh, on Wednesday nights, I do a, fa- a Maranatha Live. We are on YouTube and Facebook, and I encourage you to uh, listen in. And if you can't listen in live at 7 o'clock on Wednesdays, the recordings stay there. Incidentally, this Wednesday, Brother Stephen McCoy is going to be joining me on Maranatha Live. I thought you'd be more excited about it than that. Check, check, check. This Sunday, this Wednesday night, Brother Stephen McCoy is going to be on with me. Stand up, Stephen. They don't know who I'm talking about. Stand up. (laughs) Stephen McCoy is going to be on with me. You can be seated. (laughs) I love that man, and if you know him, you love him too. And I have always said, this has been my impression of you since the day I first met you, was that you are a prince of a man. Prince of a man. So I am encouraged and excited about listening to what he has to talk about this coming Sunday. Amen? Or this coming Wednesday, I'm sorry. All right, where was I? I don't know where I was. Where am I? This past Wednesday, I talked about it a little bit, when all hell breaks loose. But sometimes when all hell breaks loose, how many of you also found that when hell breaks loose, it sometimes feels like God is nowhere around? Like, where is he? All this is going on, and where is he? And so today I want to talk to you about the question Jesus asked them when they finally woke him up, and he turned to them and he said, where is your faith? And that's the question I want to ask us today. Where is our faith? Now, in case you don't know, this story of Jesus getting in the boat with his disciples and crossing to the other side is recorded three times in the Bible. It's recorded in the book of Matthew. Mark also recorded it along with Luke, and we have been reading from Luke, but Matthew and Mark also recorded the story. And as you know, when three people tell the same story, they sometimes maybe add a detail or take away a detail or might tell it just a little differently. Here's what Mark said happened. Mark said that Jesus woke up and he said to his disciples, why are you afraid? 
Do you still have no faith? That's what Mark says he said. Why are you, like, are you kidding me? Do you still have no faith? Now, Matthew says that Jesus woke up and he said, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? So Matthew says he accused us of having little faith. And I'm not saying that the stories aren't straight. I'm saying everybody tells a story in their own words, and it comes out a little different. So Matthew says, he said to us, why are you so fearful, O you of little faith? Mark says, I remember, I felt like sometimes it's interpretation of how you're taking what he's saying. Mark says, he said, why are you so afraid? Do you still, you still don't have any faith? And Luke says that he said to them, where is your faith? Where is it? And that's the question we want to answer and we want to talk about today. Because whatever he said, whether he accused them of having little faith, no faith, or asked them where their faith was, whatever he actually said, the bottom line is, he questioned their faith. And how many times does God have the right to question our faith? How many times would he be justified to look at any one of us and say, where's your faith? Why are you fearful? I think every one of us could say he's got every right to say that to me. Regardless of what he said or how he said it, none of those statements are positive. They're not positive in any way. And any way you say it, the bottom line is these apostles had a faith problem. How many of you, I won't ask you to raise your hand, but how many of you could look at yourself and say, I have a faith problem? I have a faith problem. So my question today, I'm going to, I don't have a definite answer, but I'm going to I'm going to put my own thoughts to it because I read this story and I wonder what the apostles could have done differently if they had great faith instead of little faith. What would they have done differently? And what would they have done differently if they had faith at all instead of no faith? Or how would they have reacted differently if they had properly placed faith instead of being asked, where is your faith? What would they have been doing differently under these circumstances? And that's what I want to just spend a few moments today talking about. When the Sea of Galilee was calm, and these, most, several of these men had great experiences on the Sea of Galilee. They were fishermen by trade. The Sea of Galilee was familiar waters to them. They had been out there many days, many nights, many times sleeping out there in their boats. They had much experience on this sea. And so the Sea of Galilee was familiar territory to most of these apostles, and they felt safe in their boat. And I think that's our problem. Sometimes we become safe in our boats. And what do I mean by that? Well, what is your boat? That's the question. Because we all have boats that we trust in. That faith in our boat, our boat might be our health. Maybe that boat is our home. Maybe that boat is our bank account. Maybe that boat is our job. Maybe it is our family. Who knows what the boat is that you and I put our trust in? Maybe it's the economy. Maybe we're trusting in the government to fix the COVID problem. Maybe we're trusting in a vaccine. I'm not against vaccines. Don't read that into it. I'm just saying, 
And I'll be honest with you, I've been vaccinated, but my faith is not in the vaccine. My faith is in Jesus Christ. We have all of these things that become our boat that we put our trust in, and when our boat looks like it's not going to survive the storm, we are messed up. We got problems. The disciples woke Jesus up when they realized this was bigger than them. That's when they woke Jesus up. And Jesus woke up and he asked them a couple of questions that's kind of interesting. What are you, why are you so afraid? Um, because you're sleeping and don't seem to care? Did you ever feel like it feels like God doesn't care? Did you ever look around at the eyes of your church family and it looks like they don't care? They care, they just can't do anything about it. Number one. The other thing is they have no clue what's going on in your life. They're not mind readers. All right? But we sometimes feel like God doesn't care, and so we don't know what's going on, and we don't know how we're going to get in, out of this. And so they woke up Jesus, and he said, what are you so afraid of, and why do you have such little faith? Which sounds silly, but it's obvious why they were afraid. They had no faith. They had no faith. Because if you have faith, you're not afraid. You're not afraid. I will preach it. Thank you. You're not afraid of anything. You're not afraid of... Some people are more afraid of life than they are of death. Some people are more afraid of death than they are life. You don't need to be afraid of either. To live as Christ. What did the apostle say? To die is gain. Hallelujah. I am not afraid. He's my comfort. Didn't we just sing that? Clap your hands one more time for Jesus. In Luke chapter 17, an interesting story took place. The, uh, they, they, they had been accused by Jesus of the littleness of their faith. The littleness of their faith. I don't want to have little faith. I want to have big faith. I want to have strong faith. He was, they, were, he was, they were accused of littleness of the faith. And so the Bible says that they asked him and they said this. And this is what you need to do when you find yourself struggling, when you find yourself fearful, when you find yourself confused, when you find yourself filled with doubt and wonder and fear and whatever else it is. This is what you need to do. What they did in Luke chapter 17 verse 5, they asked him saying, Lord, increase our faith. They did not say fix the problem. They did not say straighten out the mess. They did not say straighten this out. They said increase my faith. Listen to this in Mark chapter 9. The story of a man who came to Jesus. He had a sick child. And he said, Lord... Listen, listen carefully. Listen carefully. I quote, If you can heal him, <laughs> take pity on him. 
If you can heal him, here's my sick son, he's dying. If you can heal him, take pity. Now, what do you think Jesus would do in a situation like that? Let's just, let, you might know the story, maybe not. Let's just think about it. For a if you can heal him, oh, of course I can heal him. Bring the poor child over to me, right? Fear not. I can do all things. Where is the child? In fact, don't even bring the child to me. I can send angels to him. I already know where he is anyway. No, that's not what he said. You want me to quote to you what he said? Jesus replied, What do you mean, if I can? If you can heal my child of murder, what do you mean, if I can heal your child? You mean there's a question in your mind whether I can do this or not? You mean you are actually questioning me? Do you realize who I am? Do you realize the words that spoke this thing into existence lives inside of me? And you want to know if I can do this? I can do all things and nothing is impossible for Almighty God to do. Nothing, 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 nothing is impossible. I mean, if I can. He sounds insulted, doesn't he? And this was the reply, and this ought to be our reply every time. Every time we come to God with our fears and our doubts and our worries and our complaints. This was his reply. Lord, I believe. But he didn't end there. It helped my unbelief. How many of you are struggling today with unbelief? How many of you face obstacles and mountains in your life that cause you to struggle with belief so that you're actually dealing with unbelief? He said this, Lord, help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. And you say amen. Brother, don't you worry about her. Brother, she's okay. She's okay. His little daughter's not used to being in church. Hey, we can handle this. Huh? Can you say amen? No one's looking at you, sister. No one's looking at you with daggers. Because you've got a little child back there that's not used to sitting still in church. Who cares? Huh? We're either in this together or we're not. Right? Praise God. Praise God. How many of you have kids that acted up? When they're, right when they're not supposed to, huh? <laughs> He's still acting up. <laughs> yeah, but Kurt's got such, so many muscles bulging that no one's going no to say a word to him about it. <laughs> ah, let's clap our hands for Jesus, shall we? Praise God. Amen. Hey, listen, I just want you all to know we're still, we're still working. We're still trying to get our nursery together. We're our, that's the next construction, big construction problem coming. Moms and dads, please don't feel bad when you bring your children in here and they act up. Feel free to stand up, walk them out there, but let's not, let's not sweat the small stuff, huh? Just love one another and realize this is how it is. Where was I? Where's your faith? Let's wrap this up. 
What do you mean, if I can? Jesus didn't say, why do you have no faith? What he did say was, where is your faith? Where is your faith? What are you trusting in? What are you hoping will get you through? Their faith was there. It was just misplaced. Their faith was misplaced. It was in their ability. You see, here's what they did. They didn't wake him up when the storm came. They fought. They struggled. They did the best they could. They held sails down. They oared. I don't know what, the, I don't know what fishermen do to keep a boat afloat, but they did everything within their power to do whatever they could to keep that boat going. And finally, they walked over, and there's Jesus snoring away, and they shook him, and they said, we are perishing. You know what? They were not perishing because Jesus was on the boat. They were never going to perish, and neither are you. I don't know what's going on in your life, but neither are you going to perish. So what should they have done then? At the first clap of thunder, should they run over? Hey, hey, wake up. We're in trouble. No, because he expects, how many of you heard me ever say, he expects you to do all you can do. You're You're not a baby. He expects you to do all you can do before he steps in. So what should they have done? I think they should have. This is, what I, this is just me. There's, the Bible doesn't say this. But I think what they should have done was, was did everything they did. Because how many times have you heard me say, you cannot sit around waiting for God to do what God is sitting around waiting for you to do. We do have a, we do have a responsibility. And I think they did what they could do. I think when he was sleeping and the storm came, they started getting the oars out and pulling sails down and bailing and whatever they were dead to do to keep the boat afloat. And when they could do no more and they were ready to go under, they should have gone and woken him up but not said, we're perishing. They should have said, Lord, we are at our end. There's no more we can do. Now I put it into your hands. Save us. We're not going to drown. It's your turn to do what I can't do. But can I tell you as I close today, can I tell you that we are wanting to get Jesus up before we have done what we can do. We want to sit back in the captain's chair and see the storm clouds rising on the horizon and say, yo, Jesus, I got a problem coming down the road. Do something about it. Because we don't want to put any effort into it. We want Jesus to go before us and give us a pathway strewn with roses and flowers so we can skip through life without a problem. When I'm here to tell you life is filled with problems and our God expects us to do everything within our power to work, to labor, to love, to care, to fight, to go on and do everything we can do. And when we have reached our limit and our limit wasn't good enough to then say, Lord, wake up and take over. And I just want to add one thing before I'm closing with these. One, I, one thing, I put two fingers up. <laughs> In case you knew, that's the way apostolic preachers are. 
I got one more thing to say, and it goes on for five more things. Number one, make sure when you get in the boat, that is what God told you to do. Because the other problem is we do our own thing and then we want God to fix that. When he never told us to go there to begin with. That's number one. But even if you went down the road that you weren't supposed to go down and you realize you're on the wrong road, you can still call on Jesus and he can fix it. But seek his face. Seek his will. Ask for his direction. And when the storm clouds come, cry out to God. After you've done all you can do, cry out to God. And he will make a way for you. Let's stand together. Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Ministries podcast. If this message touched you, please make sure to subscribe for more sermons from Pastor Frank and the ministry team here at Maranatha, as well as follow us on our social media platforms. We are located in Schenectady, New York, and if you are in the area, we invite you to join us during our weekly Sunday service starting at 10.30 a.m. We look forward to you joining us again next week for another anointed message. Thank you, and God bless.